Discover the magic of integrating your financial, legal, and life planning. It's time for Smart Simple Wealth. Well, hey there. Welcome to another edition of Smart Simple Wealth. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Carrie Qureshi, a state and wealth planning attorney at Qureshi Law and Wealth, serving you in Arkansas, Tennessee, and Texas. Find Carrie online at QureshiLaw.com. She's the author of the book, Smart Simple Wealth, and it's always great getting the chance to talk with you, Carrie. How you been? I've been doing great. How about yourself, Walter? Fantastic to hear that. Uh, I am well. Looking forward to today's conversation. And we were uh, talking just before hitting the recording button today, folks. This is our our three-year anniversary, basically, of doing the show. Uh, Three years of Smart Simple Wealth. Congrats, Carrie, on uh, a a longstanding show at this point. I know. Thank you. Um, You know, like I said, I was looking through the show notes um, and getting prepped for today. And I just saw, oh, wow. I mean, I cannot believe it's been three years. And and it's just been a really fun opportunity um, and definitely looking forward to, to doing more shows. To be fair, everything in life the past two years has sort of gone by in a blink of an eye. Like, has has the pandemic not both been happening in slow motion, but also fast motion as well? Like, this bizarre feeling of it, the start of it was just yesterday, yet it also feels like we've been stuck in this uh, in this thing forever. Yeah, yeah, like, I, I explained, like, Groundhog's Day. You wake up and you're reliving it again. We're like, oh, I thought we should be past, you know, past yes. it by now. It's just been very, very strange two years. It's a good way to describe it, because, yeah, in Groundhog Day yesterday, Will would still feel like it happened just yesterday, but you've lived now, you know, a hundred todays, so it was a long time ago. That's exactly the feeling that it is. That's a, that's a great point. Uh, well, we've got a great show to celebrate our three years of doing Smart Simple Wealth. As we always do every episode, we're going to answer one of your questions, and we've got a question about whole life insurance policies on today's show. We're also going to talk a little bit about money biases. We all have them. Which ones do you have? And how much is your money bias costing you? Uh, This is from a recent CNBC article. We're going to kind of break it down on today's show. Should be fun to do that. We'll tackle that in a moment. But as we always like to do, we're going to open it up with a quote. This comes to us from Julius Sharp, who is a TV writer. Julius said, my retirement plan is to get thrown into a minimum security prison in Hawaii. (laughs) I like that a lot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess if you don't have any other retirement plans, that's maybe the way to go. Um, yeah, I'd definitely pick Hawaii over, you know, Alaska or somewhere else. Yeah. I, although, I don't know, still being in prison, uh, who knows, but with it being minimum security, you might be in good shape. I don't know the humidity though, and not being able to like go to the beach and that sort of thing would probably just be more of like a taunting kind of thing. I would imagine at some point. Right. Yeah. I think it's probably better to, to plan ahead and plan out and pay for your own retirement. I there think this go. is just the, 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 the point, the, the, writers trying to make is <laughs> that yes, they, yes. they did not plan. Therefore, you know, that that would be their best choice. At least you'll have uh, three three square meals a day, maybe still get to play some tennis a little bit and, uh, you know, have good weather in Hawaii all the time. So yeah, not the worst plan in the world, but probably not the one most of us want to rely on. Sure. Uh, well, that's uh, always fun to uh, start off the episodes that way. But let's dive into the main stuff on today's show, Carrie. We're going to break down this uh, CNBC article, which we will link to in the show notes if you want to go check it out, by the way. Uh, but it basically analyzed a Morningstar study. So they took a more complex study, tried to you know have some main takeaways from that, and now we're going to distill those main takeaways into a conversation on today's show. But basically, the study found that most of us have at least one money bias, and some of us more than one, and the big consequence is that those biases could very possibly cost us money 
in our checking, savings, investing, and retirement accounts. And so we want you to listen to today's episode to see if you might be impacted by a specific money bias, help identify those, and then maybe look for some strategies to get it back under control. And also looking forward to hearing, Carrie, if you've just kind of run into these things, I'm sure you have, as an advisor and uh, the people that you've met with you know, over the course of time. So what were some of the, uh, the main points that jumped out to you about this article? Yeah, Walter, I think this was such a great article to read and, and definitely why we wanted to share that with uh, listeners today. Um, you know, one of the key points was that everyone has a different attitude about money. And I noticed that just in conversations with, with different couples and, and individuals coming in. I mean, no two people are alike. And so um, the issue is that these attitudes, I mean, if they are certain biases, you know, it's very likely that it's costing them money, right, and saving towards retirement. And I think, you know, the first thing I want to point out is really just understanding what the four main biases are in the article. And, you know, the first one, they talk about present bias, and that is a tendency to go for immediate rewards over long-term goals. Um, Instant gratification, I think that's the world we live in today, right? It is. Yeah. Give it. I want it and I want it now. Right. And, yeah. And, and, and that's how I get my happiness. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's similar. I mean, have you seen the studies with the toddlers and the m and Oh, no. What's that? What's that one? Well, so it's about instant gratification. And so you'll leave the toddler with one m M&M and say, OK, I need to leave the room. I'll be back in one minute. If you don't eat the M&M while I'm gone, when I come back, I'm going to give you two or three. And then the adult leaves the room and you see the struggle on the child's face about, you know, wanting to eat that M&M. They want it now. I can't wait one minute. (laughs) Yeah, you have to go and Google it if you haven't seen it. But that's exactly what they're talking about when they talk about present bias. It's, it's, It's about wanting that immediate gratification versus knowing we're better off in the long term, but it's just not something we're willing to do. That's really interesting. I'm definitely going to go look that up afterward. Um, if if I can find it, I'll link to it in the uh, show notes as well, so people can check that out. Oh, uh, that would be awesome. Yeah, let's do that. That's uh, that's awesome. You know, all right. This, yeah. What else did I'm you sorry. notice? Um, you know, the, the second bias that they talked about is something called base rate neglect, and this is really just you know judging the probability of something happening based on new information while forgetting or ignoring some of the original assumptions. And we see this a lot in investing with, you know, overselling or overbuying just on really short term whims of information. Okay, so that's like the, uh, you know, a a basketball player makes 10 in a row and you're kind of like, all right, well, he's been making all of these. He's going to keep making them or I guess even assuming the opposite, like, oh, he's going to have to eventually miss. So the next one will be the one that he misses, that sort of thing. Right. It's more like that, because when we talk about investing, we look at, you know, historical performance, you know, over the last 30 years, this portfolio has done X and, and it's, you know, typically gone down by this much or gone up this much. But the base rate neglect is kind of ignoring that long-term data in exchange for something short-term, saying, well, you know, this changes everything. This little piece of information, it's not going to keep performing like this, or it's going to tank all of a sudden when it's only lost, you know, 5%, you know, maximum over the past whatever years. Um, And so I think that's what they're trying to convey on that bias. 
That's an interesting one. All right. I bet a lot of us fall victim to the base rate neglect. It sounds kind of like a fancy term, but that's something that probably each of us encounters, not just when it comes to finances, but probably other things in life as well, sort of just not being able to uh, uh, to, to really judge, um, you know, what, what the likeliness of things that are going to happen in the future, that, that probability. We've all taken a stats class, Carrie, but it doesn't mean we're, we're any better at judging probabilities and those kinds of things, does it? <laughs> right, yeah. Okay. What other uh, biases uh, were brought up? You know, I, I think um, one of the other ones they talked about was overconfidence. And this one makes a lot of sense, really putting too much weight in your own abilities to make good financial decisions. Um, and this is definitely one um, that costs investors when, when they have that overconfidence. Yeah, I see this uh, since we're both uh, Corgi lovers here on the show. I see this in one of our Corgis all the time when he has a lot of overconfidence that he'll be able to make a jump up into the car. Uh-huh. Um, and he like he doesn't differentiate the difference between when he's jumping into the, um, you know, the Acura, uh, the small Acura versus jumping into the Tahoe. And uh, so when he goes to jump into the Tahoe after easily clearing the bar in the Acura, he usually hits the side of the, the seat and goes bouncing back out the other way. So, yep. Overconfidence leading to, uh, to to some issues there. Too much weight in our own abilities. And uh, yeah, that can happen in the investing world too. That one's pretty easy to see like where you would lose money, right? Just That's just putting too much money or, or maybe thinking you've got the hot stock and then it goes the other direction and boom, you can easily kind of connect the dots there to see where that one takes you in the wrong direction, right? Right. And I think there's something they didn't mention in the article, but just that I've seen in our practice is that overconfidence when we do have a loss, typically the investor doesn't want to admit it. So they kind of double down on their mistakes and say, oh, no, you know, this was still the right thing instead of just admitting defeat and saying, oh, maybe I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but that can, can be a problem as well. Great points all the way around. All right. What about um, any other uh, main biases that uh, people tend to fall victim to that were covered here? Yeah, one more. And that's loss aversion. People that are just overly fearful of losing money relative to gains. And a little bit of loss aversion is normal, especially in retirement or getting close to retirement. That's where we really start to shift our focus and and worry more about protecting the money versus growth. But if you're overly concerned about losing money, this is where, you know, you want to put the money um, under the mattress or you're going to throw it all in CDs. Um, And if you have enough money, to throw it in CDs and not make any interest for the rest of your retirement, that's great. But that's not the reality for most of our clients. We need some growth. We need that stock market growth to keep up with inflation, to keep up with taxes. And so loss aversion, you know, can really be costly. That one is sort of the, uh, you know, the antithesis of the overconfidence, right? So we often will put too much weight into something with the overconfidence, whereas the loss version, we're running away from it so hard that uh, we're, we're missing opportunities. So we don't want to kind of be at either ends of that spectrum. Right. Interesting. All right. Uh, so what were some other uh, takeaways that you had uh, on this CNBC article, which again, by the way, if anybody wants to go read this, we'll link to it in the show notes. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the, one of the points they were trying to make is that the lower levels of bias, then the better off you would be with your financial health. And so I think one of the things that they had mentioned is the people that had low levels of present bias were three times as likely to spend less than their income. Um, And they were seven times more likely to plan ahead for the future. So I thought that was really interesting. And again, present bias, bias was the one about immediate gratification, right? Yeah. Interesting. So if we can keep some of these biases under control, 
there you see the data showing people making better decisions in their in their financial life. Right. And then they had another example. Um, <clears throat> those with high levels of the base rate neglect and overconfidence had lower savings. They had lower checking balances. And compare that with those people that had loss aversion, they had lower 401k balances. And I'm sure that's due to not taking risk, being in fixed income, or just being ultra, ultra conservative, um, and therefore not seeing the growth in that 401k. Interesting. Yeah. Or folks who I've seen some examples of people who, uh, whether it was loss aversion or they just didn't know how or what to choose, but they just never invested that money that got saved into the 401k. So it just sat there stagnant and Mm -hmm. just never, never grew, never realized those opportunities there. So those are interesting. All right. So it's easy to identify these, um, you know, these problems, these issues, these biases, perhaps. But what about the solutions? What about like then, you know, solving these things? Right. You know, I think the solution is to build a money life that fits priorities. The authors in the article called it uh, putting speed bumps in place to slow your decision making and really just to make sure that you're not making rash decisions because we want to keep our emotions under control. Um, And so an example would be, you know, I'm going to wait two days or three days before making an important decision. And I think One of the other examples they gave was, you know, maybe setting a rule like I'm always going to sell a stock after an X percent gain. That's not necessarily, you know, financial advice, but basically making sure that your decision making is, um, you know, on a formula. It is rational. It's not tied to emotions. Some good barriers that you can put in place. I'm sure there's other solutions that we could look to as well. Kind of setting, it's like being at the uh, at the bowling alley, right? And setting those bumpers up so you don't go in the gutter. You know, it's like, all right, I'm still playing the game of bowling. I'm still bowling, but uh, I'm putting these bumpers up so I don't go into the ditches. You kind of can do that same thing in your investing in your retirement planning life. Absolutely. Okay, very good. So as we kind of look inward here a little bit more to specifically the people that you work with on a daily basis and meet with all the time, Carrie, which money biases do you see present among your clients and, and how big of is of an issue is it truly? You know, I think probably the two that I see the most is overconfidence and the loss aversion. Overconfidence um, coming from some investors that like to do it yourselves, um, want to be more hands-on, but really the loss aversion, um, like I said earlier, dealing with people that are in and near retirement. They're so fearful um, to lose what they've worked so hard for. And I, I get it, but we also have to make sure that their money is working for them to keep up with a longer retirement, to keep up with taxes, inflation. So we want to just make sure that when we're working with our clients, um, that we recognize these biases, that we have these conversations, um, and we don't let them jeopardize a disciplined approach to investing and making sure that they're on track within their financial plan to really achieve their goals. All right. So look inward yourself as you listen to today's show. Do you have that present bias? Are you driven by instant gratification? It's okay to admit and say yes. I mean, if we know these issues and problems, 
we can problem solve for them and put those barriers in place. Or perhaps you've never been really good at judging the probability of something happening next, and, and you tend to buy and sell things based on the whims of good and bad news, or you have that overconfidence, or kind of the opposite of that a little bit. You, you run away from the chance of losses and risk so much that you're leaving money on the table. These are all issues, all problems, and you may have multiple uh, you know issues here, multiple biases that play into your investing life. And the more biases you have, the studies and this article uh, detailed for us that they show, you have the opportunity and the chance to not perform as well in your financial life. So try to get these things under control. And if you need some help with that, you need to talk to somebody about your finances, about planning for retirement. It's a great step to take. You can do that with Carrie Qureshi. Uh, obviously, if you're a longtime listener to the show, you know this. But if you're new, Carrie really works to integrate your financial, legal, and life planning all into one cohesive effort, making sure each element of that planning process is taken care of. So uh, bring it all together, integrate all that planning into one, and it starts with simple conversations. And so if you'd like to talk to Carrie a little bit about that, money biases and all the things that come along with it, give her a call at 870-275-4304 or go to QureshiLaw.com. And we'll put contact information in the description of today's show so it's also easy for you to find. It's getting to know you time. All right, it's time to get to know Carrie a little bit better on today's show. This is where we have a little fun away from all the financial talk. And Carrie, I'm curious to know, what's the hottest you've ever been? <laughs> well, I live in Arkansas, and I've spent a lot of time in Texas, so I feel like that's pretty much every summer, you, right? You've got some good opportunities to encounter heat. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was definitely at a horse show. I can tell you that much. Okay. Um, I don't, I can't pinpoint the like one occurrence, but most likely I was probably in Fort Worth, Texas in August. Um, there was a competition that I used to go to every year um, when I was a kid called the Youth World Show. So it was like the world finals. Um, and it was always in August in Fort Worth, Texas on tons and tons of asphalt. Um, and I just know that was probably the hottest I've ever been because we're outside, um, you know, or you're on the concrete, um, we're wearing jeans and long sleeved, you know, and our riding outfit. So we had a lot of clothes on, even though it was oh, summer, man. um, you know, we'd have the cooling fans and stuff. So I'm pretty sure that that would probably be the hottest I've ever been. That is uh, pretty impressive uh, to to have all that clothing on, on the asphalt. Yeah, I can just picture how brutal that would be in August in Texas. Yeah, Oof. they had air-conditioned, like, coliseums, like, once you made it yeah. into the show pen. But when you're prepping, I mean, they had riding arenas outside and then, you know, in the barn and stall areas and stuff. It was just, that was not air-conditioned. So it was a mm. pretty, pretty rough time. I don't know why we thought that that was a good time of year to have that, that's where you look around and you're like, why are we doing yeah. this? Yeah, yeah. And now my husband and I, it's so funny because we're just out of the horses right now and it'll be hot or it'll be cold. And we're like, can you imagine? We used to like go horse showing and this stuff. And, you know, we're just, we call it fair weather riders now. Like we want it uh -huh. to be, you know, beautiful and 70 degrees or otherwise. We're like, nah, nah, we just won't do that. Yeah, we, we get, uh, we, we, we like things to be comfortable the older we get, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. No what about you? That. Do you have the uh, hottest memory? Yep, it's uh, very clear in my mind what uh, what this one is for me. Um, it was in Hawaii. We were talking about Hawaii earlier. I, I, I'm not a big fan of humidity. And, uh, and so we were in Hawaii visiting my wife's um, sister, and she was renting a house at the time. 
in on the on the north side of uh, of the kind of the you know Honolulu main area. Uh, so it wasn't Waikiki, but uh, Ka- Kailua. If anybody knows anything about Hawaii, it was kind of the northeast side. Beautiful little area, and their house was tucked into this hill, and they have no air conditioning. Because most people in Hawaii, I guess, you know, use just the breezes to help mm-hmm. cool the home. But the way that this home was built was into a hill, and they only rented the lower part of the house. So the back of the house literally had no windows, no doors, no nothing. It was, it was built into the side of this, like, little mountain. And so – and that's where our bedroom was when we were visiting her. And it was so hot. I could not understand how they lived in there constantly. And I mean, they had no problem with it. They all loved the heat and I was just burning up. So I have this very funny um, vision of me running around with a big box fan (laughs) 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 from room to room, especially after a shower, like after a shower, I I should clarify that part. Like after the, after the shower, uh, having a box fan in the bathroom, plugged in, blasting air. Because it was pointless. I would take a shower and get back out and just be completely sweaty by the time I was able to, like, you know, get clothes back on and, you know, escape. I would literally run by the time I got my clothes on back out to the balcony so that I could, you know, just get some fresh air and, like, feel slightly cooler. It was just so hot in the back of their house and so humid. Um, there are just very funny stories of me just running around with this box fan and plugging it in everywhere all over their house. Yeah, and you wouldn't think of that about Hawaii because you think about Hawaii being warm, but with the breeze and everything. Yep. So I don't. But you take away that breeze, hot. and oh my goodness, it was it it was brutal. It was so hot back there. All right, there you go. Uh, let's get to know our listeners a little bit better today, Carrie. We've got a good question as we open up the mailbag. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. All right, so our mailbag question this week comes to us from Sam in Germantown. Sam says, I have a whole life insurance policy with a cash value of about $50,000. My kids are in their 30s now, so I don't think I really need life insurance at this point. Should I just cancel the policy and use the cash to pay off my house? Yeah, you know, that that's a fair question, Sam. Um, one of the first things I would want to know is, you know, do you have, you know, funeral expenses or a funeral policy or, you know, paid paid up burial and things like that? Because a lot of our clients like to use a life insurance policy um, for that reason. Even if you have adult kids, you know, we don't want them paying out of pocket. Um, but another thing is, you know, I would definitely recommend getting um, an enforced policy illustration because sometimes the older life insurance policies could have, you know, a a decent cash value to where, you know, you may want to just keep it. You may not want to surrender it and and pay down your your house instead. And so I think that there's, you know, some other questions and you really need to look at, you know, the bigger picture, more of your your entire financial situation before making a a clear decision on um, cashing that out or not. It's a great question. And it seems like you probably get a lot of these kinds of questions, right, Carrie, about like, hey, what should I do with, um, whether it be a cash, uh, a whole life policy and what to do with that, or someone that's still paying on a term policy and wondering, hey, is it worth to continue this or not? I'm sure that's a pretty common element of a lot of people's planning processes. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, sometimes they'll call and say, well, I'll just have this really quick question. It's really easy. Just answer this yes or no. Okay. Um, and, and and sometimes I can't do that um, because, you know, just like, you know, for, for Sam, you know, the answer is it depends. It depends. And so we really have to dig a little bit deeper and look at everything before I can make a recommendation um, because I don't just want to just, you know, make a recommendation based off of limited information. And that's what is so important, um, you know, when we're working with our clients to make sure we're really taking that comprehensive look. 
If you've got a question like Sam's, feel free to reach out and talk to Carrie. We can either feature it here on the show or eh, no big deal. You can talk to Carrie one-on-one about these things as well and at least get that conversation going. You can go to CureshiLaw.com or call 870-275-4304. And Carrie, in honor of our three-year anniversary, we often talk about your your book and other resources that you have uh, to give away here on the show, but we've got a new resource that folks can tap into uh, starting this week. Tell us a little bit about um, what people should be thinking about. I I see the word taxes involved in this, which is going to be on a lot of people's minds these next few months. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're already getting lots of questions, um, you know, about taxes um, because people are feeling the pain, right? When you go to file your tax return, um, you're not getting that refund anymore. You're writing a big check to the IRS. That is not fun. And so we put together a fairly new report called The Number One Thing Legally Wasting Your Hard-Earned Dollars and what you can do about it. Um, and it's really helpful. We talk about, um, you know, a, a, what I call a big fat, fat lie uh, about American taxes. Um, and then there's three rules um, that every business owner needs to know to protect your hard earned profit. So this is really geared toward business owners. Um, we do work with taxes in the retirement plan um, world, but this report is really for our business owners, um, how to minimize those taxes every year going forward. Um, And so this is something, it's available at our website and we'll post the link or you can also give us a call at the office and we will send you that free report. Again, that's all you have to do is get in touch with the office, 870-275-4304 or CoratiLaw.com. We'll also link directly to the reports uh, so that you can get your free copy of those. Just check the show notes or the description of today's show for that link. should be pretty easy for you to find. Well, Carrie, thanks again for a great episode today and uh, breaking down that article for us. And we'll look forward to another chat with you soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Walter. Thanks for joining us on today's show and for three years of support for those of you who have been here since the beginning of Smart Simple Wealth. Great to have you along with us and we'll have another episode for you next month. Talk soon. Did you know you can subscribe to the Smart Simple Wealth Podcast with your favorite app? It's on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and dozens of other places where you listen to podcasts. And if it's not on an app you'd like to use, let us know and we'll get it on there. To make sure you never miss an episode, just search Smart Simple Wealth on your favorite podcasting platform today and subscribe. Investment advisory services offered through Pegasus Wealth Coaching, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Legal services provided by Qureshi Law Firm, PLLC. The Qureshi Law Firm and Pegasus Wealth Coaching are not affiliated in any way. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and are not intended as investment or legal advice. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Consult your financial professional before making any investment decision. Information provided does not create an attorney-client relationship and cannot substitute for obtaining legal advice from an attorney admitted to practice law in your state.